What's going on, football fans? Welcome to the NFL All 32 podcast, presented by Football Game Plan and the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. I am David Hassig, and with me, as always, Troy Anthony, Alex Marinoni, and the czar of the playbook, Emery Hunt, where we will break down everything from the NFL, from news and notes to the scores. We've got it all here. This week, we will take a look at our Week 4 review, as we always do. We will have our first quarter awards, the biggest returning impacts from players that are coming back from suspension, and, of course, we will have our Week 5 rundown of all the things going on in the league this week. How's everybody doing after this weekend? Everybody fine? Everybody awake? Everybody living? That's good, man. It's uh, it's a weird week we're coming off of Very in the NFL weird, where it looked like college football for a minute with all the craziness <laughs> yeah. that was going on and the scores and just a it was just complete chaos this week. You got you guys a fan of cheap shots? Is that a is that a thing too this week or uh, man, oh, man. All around this week. <laughs> I mean, as a tight end, I mean you you must have seen that hit from Perfect and had a couple flashbacks on that one. Yeah, that was that was it was upsetting <laughs> that he just continues to do this. Like at what point is he gonna get the message? Well it sounds like he might get the message this year. It sounds like a year long suspension coming on for uh Mr. Perfect. It's not the first time either that we've seen him do this. But let's get figure out let, let's forget about that for now. Let's stick to what happened on the field, and let's go to the week that was. Again, folks, we are recording this on a Monday, so we do not have the score from the Monday Night Football game, Pingles and Steelers. We'll do, we will do a quick preview of Pingles. that, though. <laughs> Bengals and Steelers, it's fine. I've had too many pints of Guinness. It's okay. Uh, we'll have Bengals-Steelers preview uh, at the end of this segment here, but let's start with the games that happened on Sunday. We'll start actually on Thursday. The Eagles taking on the Packers. Green Bay, everything was fine. Everything was good. They're undefeated. The Eagles are meh. Eagles win 34-27. And right now, Doug Peterson is 5-0 and with the Eagles on Thursday primetime games. Yeah, and this game started with a similar script to the previous games the Eagles have played where they got off to a slow start. It looked as though Green Bay was going to walk themselves into a victory. But the Eagles found their ground game. They started to have some success. Carson Wentz played a really good game down the stretch and got these guys to win and it came down to uh, the running game and when Matt LaFour wasn't able to run the football they didn't win and that's what happened in that game shout out to the Eagles for showing everyone out there in the analytical world that running game does matter it does the running game running backs and running game do matter absolutely let's move back into Sunday now the Titans back into the win column 24-10 over the Falcons Falcons stymied again on offense we've seen that this year from them they're kind of a yo-yo in terms of their offensive production yeah, once again, Matt Ryan throws for a ton of yards and no touchdowns. It just doesn't seem like he can get his big-time receivers in, in the play. I mean, Hooper goes nine catches, 130 yards, but Julio only has four for 52, and Calvin Ridley only has three for 32. And sticking with the run game, there is no help with this run game at no. all from this Falcons offense. Devontae Freeman only has 28 yards. They only rush for 50 yards as a team. Yeah, it really wasn't a good look for the Falcons. The Titans, though, getting a nice win. Speaking of a nice win, the Cleveland Browns, all of a sudden, they're showing some life. 40-25 to over the Baltimore Ravens. That's the first time that Cleveland's won their first two road games in a season since 1994. But there was a lot of storylines in this ballgame, and, you know, Baltimore had a decent game, but Cleveland showed up big time this time. Yeah, they showed up when they needed to against the division rival, the division leader, so now tied with the Ravens. Uh, Baker Mayfield looked better, turned the ball over just one time, but this game was really Nick Chubb's game. Yes. Uh, they put the ball in Nick Chubb's hands, 165 yards and three touchdowns, and that, that's, you can see taking the responsibility away from Baker a little bit definitely was the reason for the 40-point outburst. A critical game in the AFC East in Buffalo this week. Both teams going in undefeated, Patriots and Bills. It was a little bit of a scare for uh, the Pats this week. They only get a win. They get the win, but it's 16-10 against Buffalo. Buffalo's defense is for real. Finding ways to win is the mark of a good football team, the hallmark of a good football team. Buffalo's defense, like you said, is for real. They just have to get something and some form of consistency from their offense. If they can do that, this team would have beaten the Patriots because their defense, I think, is championship ready. Do you think Mark, Matt Barkley gets a little bit uh, more of a look this week after three interceptions from Allen this, this time around? If he doesn't get out of the concussion protocol. Yeah. Uh, they love Allen up there, so, I mean – they're going to have to live and die with, with his play. And Tom Brady only 150 yards passing this week and no touchdowns. Finally touch figured outs. out how to stop those short hitches. Finally figured it out. Yeah, it took somebody to figure it out. An, an entertaining game in the Motor City. Kansas City gets out of Dodge 34-30 over the Lions. It's 11 straight wins in the month of September for the Chiefs. But this was a better game, and the Lions actually showed something in this one that we were looking for. 
They definitely did. Finding ways to win. That's what the Chiefs did because the Lions pretty much dominated this game. This was the first complete game that I saw from yeah. the Lions. You had on Johnson going over 100 yards, and we know that the Lions haven't been able to find a good, consistent running back. Stafford throws for three touchdowns. He spreads the ball out well this game. This is the first complete game we've seen from the Detroit Lions. And they were kind of they, we were kind of joking about that last week, talking about, oh, they're just part of the undefeated teams. They're 2-0-1, but they had a nice game this week. And, again, it's one of those things where you can't look past anybody in this league, except Miami. Uh, let's go <laughs> into the next one here. Panthers taking on the Texans. The Panthers get a much-needed win to get away from the distractions. 16-10 to over the Texans. Houston couldn't get anything clicking on offense, which has not been a problem this year so far. Yeah, Houston, again, is playing down to their competition. It's yeah. amazing. It's uh, what they do every week. Every it's what week. we said about this. It's yep. what they do every time. It just proves it again. Um, Kyle Allen did a nice job of keeping things afloat, not turning the ball over, and just getting the ball to Christian McCaffrey, who nearly totals 200 total yards for the, for the Panthers. But this Texans team have got to get Duke Johnson involved. The dude averaged 9.3 yards a carry again. The guy is can be a spark plug for this offense. It can take the pressure off Deshaun Watson, yet they continue to stay away from him. And, and you mentioned Christian McCaffrey. first, Only the second player in NFL history to have first four games with 175 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown with Jim Brown. Pretty good company to keep in terms of that kind of a record. Uh, let's move on to the next one here. Raiders taking on the Colts. A really, really nice win for the Raiders, 31-24. That's an Oakland team record for Mr. Jacobs, 307 rushing yards for the first four games. He's been a really nice surprise for this Oakland offense. He's been a good player for him, and it, this game was all about run game and stopping the run. The Raiders were able to run the football. They were also able to stop the run of the Colts. An ineffective play uh, for Derek Carr leading up to this ball game turned in a nice performance, protected the football, which is key, but the running game and run defense were the biggest story. Certainly was in that one. Let's move to the Chargers against the Dolphins. The Chargers get a nice rebound win, 30-10 to over Miami. Miami with the worst point differential through four games since 1940. Damn. Talking about 100 years of NFL, this is not exactly the place you want to be in. Miami just keeps getting worse, but a nice win for the Chargers. Good, consistent win. Yeah, and one thing I will give Miami credit for is, especially the past two weeks, they played decent in the first half, and it just seems that once they come into the second half, they can't keep that up. But for the Chargers, the Chargers team we typically see that plays down to their opponents, but in this game they just kept their foot on the pedal, and Phillip Rivers had a good game with 310 passing yards and two touchdowns and only six incompletions. Miami, by the way, minus 137 in terms of point differential through four weeks. That is just absolutely brutal. Thank you for not letting the Jets be last. Anyway, <laughs> let's move back to the man lines. Wait, do, do you hear that coming down? Do you hear that? It, is, is that a hype train? I, I think it's a hype train. I think it's – is that Daniel Jones at the conductor seat? It is. Daniel Jones and the Giants win again 24-3 to over the Skins. First Giants quarterback to win his first two career starts since 1997. The Redskins did make a quarterback change in this one. Alex, what did you see? Uh, what I saw was really good defense from the Giants. Uh, was, Finally! Yeah, it was, it was more than just sloppy offense from the Redskins. Uh, the Giants defense stepped up, four interceptions on the day, uh, really made it easy. Uh, Daniel Jones himself threw two interceptions, but the Giants defense responded, even scoring a touchdown on one of those with Jabril Preppers taking one of the house. So uh, it was a very, very nice and complete win for the Giants all the way around. Michigan defensive back picks off an Ohio State quarterback for a score. That's got to be sweet, especially since Michigan hasn't been able to do anything. Emery, you were at this game. Do you have anything to add to that, to those comments? There was more coverage sacks than anything because um, I know the narrative will be Dwayne Haskins held the ball a little bit too long, but it takes two to tango and three to jump rope. When you look at him holding the ball, you look at the secondary locking up those receivers without McLaurin. There was nowhere to go with the football uh, for Haskins, uh, who was thrown in. But I think the biggest story of that game is the Redskins have zero run game. Yeah, absolutely not. Redskins are in a lot of trouble so far. And we made that, that talk about a co coaching hot seat that's red hot right now. It might be the hottest in Washington. Let's move now to the desert. Seattle gets the win 27 to 10 to go to 3 and 1. A good win for them. Larry Fitzgerald, though, into the makes a little more history. Second most career receptions in NFL history behind Jerry Rice. But a nice win for the Seahawks again. They're 3 and 1. Is this team a contender now all of a sudden? They were they were kind of written off at the beginning of the season. Sure. I, I would look at, you know, first of all, shout out to Larry Fitzgerald, who should have won the Heisman Trophy that year over Jason White. Um, <laughs> Still a little salty on that, yeah, that one. But then again, who is Jason White? Right. Speaking of no running game, the Cardinals do not have a running game. And I think they can have one. They're just starting the wrong guy. 
Chase Edmonds needs to be the starter. David Johnson still plays a position like a receiver that's playing running back. He doesn't have that natural feel for the running game. So they can't find a running game. Their passing game hasn't been as effective as it has, as it you know was built to be. But shout out to the Seahawks for playing a well-balanced game and getting a victory. We enter the twilight zone in Los Angeles next, where the Rams put up 40 points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and lost the ball game. Tampa wins 55-40. It's the franchise record for Tampa Bay. They go to 2-2. Two and two. They give the Rams their first loss of the season. What in the world did we witness in Los Angeles? That is a good question. <laughs> I have no idea. It was like I'm watching the, the game, and then all of a sudden it's 21 nothing. The Bucks. it's like, where is this where coming is this from? Happening? It just adds to this weird Sunday. And then they, the Rams get in the hole, and all they have to do is have Goff pass the ball 68 times in the game. It, it, it was bonkers. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe this one. I mean, Tampa Bay, talk about a Jekyll and Hyde team. Where is this coming from? Where do they have two wins, and how do they have two losses? I have no clue. Another big game and another nice defensive performance for the Monsters of the Midway. Incarnate, the Bears beat the Vikings 16-6. to Adam Thielen held to six receiving yards for Minnesota. They just completely locked him down. This Bears defense is clicking. Can they get any offensive production to make them a contender? Well, is it possible that the starting quarterback goes down and your team gets better? Because that's what it looked like <laughs> in Chicago. Uh, Chase Daniel came in, did a nice job. He com- uh, completed 22-30 passes, didn't turn the ball over, and gave his defense a chance to win this game as he gave them the lead and Kirk Cousins my goodness I mean <laughs> what do we I mean 30 million dollars a year huh like I mean you like that <laughs> fully guaranteed 84 million dollars unbelievable talk about fleecing a franchise is, is that is that one of the worst contracts in NFL history it has to be it has, has to be it's got to be one it has to be, yeah. <laughs> That's got to be one of the worst ones Shout ever. out to him for getting the bag, though. But geez. Yeah, I mean, the first guaranteed contract, and you're you're doing this to a team <laughs> with arguably the best <laughs> one-two receivers in the league. Let's move on to our uh, the Sunday, the uh, one of the late Sunday games here. Broncos drop to 0-4. They lose 26-24 to the Jaguars. But Leonard Fournette got back to his prime, 225 rushing yards. That's a career high. Great game from him. Yeah, big game for him, but... This is the second time this season the Broncos have had a game-winning touchdown drive only to end up losing the game in the end because it has, yeah. you know, you saw Minshew do it this past week. We saw Trubisky stumble his way into a, a game-winning <laughs> uh, drive with Eddie Pin- Pinheiro kicking the extra point. So the Broncos have played winning football, but they haven't gotten wins because they don't know how to close out and finish. And that's something that's going to be – a bugaboo moving forward to 0 and 4, but they could essentially be 2 and 2. Shout out to the Jags, though. Shout out to the Jags. Nice win. And the Gardner Minshew, the legend of the stash, continues. Um, if there were two words that we didn't think we were going to associate with last night's game, it was defensive struggle, but we got one between the Saints and the Cowboys. But New Orleans pulls out an upset win 12 to 10 over the Cowboys. It's the first win for the Saints without scoring a touchdown since week 8 in 1998. Yeah. Good defensive performance here. Definitely was. Big ups to New Orleans. I mean, I'm watching this game, and throughout the whole game, I'm thinking, okay, at some point this Dallas offense is going to click. Yeah. There's no way that the Saints defense can shut the, one of the best offenses we've seen so far to this season completely down. But they do. I mean, they hold Zeke to only 35 yards rushing, and it didn't. It, Dak didn't look comfortable the entire no. game. So you, you just have to give big ups to this Saints defense. One more thing before we move on to our next segment here, going back to that uh, New England versus the Bills game. Tom Brady now has more wins at New Era Field than any Bills quarterback at 16 and 2. The next four on the list are Drew Bledsoe at 14 and 10, Tyrod Taylor at 13 and 8, Fitzpatrick 13 oh. and 13. The fifth most wins at that field, Trent Edwards with seven. <laughs> when Trent Edwards makes a list of top five winning quarterbacks in the stadium, you haven't had a lot of wins. <laughs> this is not good. And when your top one is a visitor by two now, this isn't a good thing. Again, folks, this is the NFL All 32 podcast. You can listen to this on SoundCloud and iTunes. Search football game plan in the podcast section. We're at the quarter poll, folks, and let's get into the first quarter awards. We're going to go around the table here. We have our MVP picks, our rookie of the year picks, coach of the year, Offensive and defensive players of the year, the biggest surprise and the biggest disappointment, which may be combined for some people. We'll figure that out. So MVP, four games in, 
obviously the quarterbacks are probably going to be winning the MVP award, so we might as well throw that out there. Who are the names? Which there's, quarterbacks are winning at this time? There's only one person who can legit be called MVP right now, and it has to be Mahomes. Even though he was held yeah. without a touchdown this past week against Detroit, the the stat line that he's in line to get for this season is astronaut. It's record-breaking. Like 10 touchdowns through three games. Yeah. Because he didn't have one this week. Yeah. We'll see what he ends up at for the season, but I think that it's it's just a matter of how long until he locks it up completely. Yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes, and it's it's I think that's obvious. And more so than just the numbers, it was just a game like last week or this past week where Detroit looks like they have the upper hand, they have the home field, they're playing well, and then Mahomes, he's just never out of it with Mahomes. And plus, the dude's looking at the ref while he's <laughs> mid-play to see if there's a flag Hello. or not. Like that's just that's just next level. Mahomes is next level. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. Uh, I like how he has, you know, played this year. He's playing for a contract. And I'm going to treat this award sort of like how uh, college football treats the Heisman. They're going to reward it to the team that's, that's winning. I think yeah. even though the Chiefs are going to be final four at least, um, final two in the AFC, Dallas is going to be – right there in the mix as well this year. So I'm going with Dak Prescott because of how he's playing. And, and um, you know, he's going to put up great numbers and they're going to continue to win. And I think he's going to be right there. But Mahomes obviously would be my 1B choice if I had to. Yeah, I, I think the one player I could throw out there that's not a quarterback is got to be Christian McCaffrey. Without him, Carolina's 0-4 pretty much. He's actually gotten them over the line twice. Cam Newton obviously is not quite right. He's been the main reason that they've been able to get these wins together. Let's talk about rookie of the year now. Obviously, week four, sometimes you don't see many rookies out there yet. You know, maybe they're starting to transition in. I hate to say it, but is Daniel Jones the rookie of the year at this point, the quarter poll? He, he's nah. the only one who's really gotten much time. Are you high? Hype train! Right. Offensive rookie of the year, uh, for me, Marquise Brown, you know, for what he has done for that Ravens offense and yeah. how quickly he hit the ground running, considering he didn't even have a preseason per se. Um, I just think that that's just a phenomenal job by him, considering there were questions about him coming into the league, whether he's too small, uh, question about his health. He's been healthy. He's been productive. He's been good for that offense. So I'm going to go offensive rookie of the year, uh, Marquise Brown. For me, I'm going to have to go with Gardner Minshew. I mean, granted, he's probably not yes. going to finish out the full season once Foles comes back. Right. But this is a guy who was on, wasn't on was on anybody's radar to do anything this season. He gets thrown in the fire week one and has held it. He's been one of the top QBs in the league with, his, with a rating of 106.9. Yep. And it's not like he's just getting the job done and just squeaking out wins. He's doing it in a fashion that I should have been here this whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my pick's also Gardner Minshew. What he's been able to do with Jacksonville, Jacksonville could have easily fallen out of the race here, um, yep. and they could have been buried in the South. Uh, he's kept them right in it, and I believe everybody's at 2-2. Two and two. I mean, he's tied for first right now in the division, and he looks very, very good. Let's move on to the coach of the year at Defensive this point. Defensive rookie of the year. Defensive rookie of the <laughs> year? I mean, like, that's, the, that's the problem. It's still kind of a toss-up, though. Like, you have anybody in mind? Darnell Savage and what yes. he's been able to yep. do for Green Bay and being a matchup piece. He is legitimately... Um, it's, he's been playing well, and Jairi Alexander's been playing great himself. But you talk about, you know, his play, I would have to say he's been playing very well for a rookie defender. And we forgot to mention defensive MVP, too. So um, just going any, – any one of you guys have defensive rookie of the year? Defensive rookie year? I mean, I haven't seen too much from the rookies, but – Potentially Josh Allen in that True. Jaguars defense. Yeah. He's doing he has a couple of sacks already. And surprisingly, Chase Winovich in New England. In his limited play that he's gotten burned so far, here he has three sacks already as well. Yeah, I like Montez Sweat right now. He's second among all uh, rookies with the uh, eighteen combined tackles and has a sack already to his resume. For a Redskins defense that's not really doing much, he's been one of the brighter spots for that defense. And defensive MVP, because we talked about offense, you guys, Mahomes, I'm Prescott. I would, would throw that to defensive player of the year. Yeah, defensive right? player. Yeah, yeah, yeah defensive player. Of the yeah, year. we'll get to defensive player of the year and offensive player of the year because they could be different. Because again, okay, because I, I thought, uh, I mean, because we were going to, to coaching, I, I thought we, you know, 
get there. We'll get there. Get, calm yourself. I'm calm saying. Yourself. I, don't, <laughs> I, I thought we. He has, I, a, he has a great. Wait, pick. I, just, I just thought we missed. We he missed wants the, to get to the pick. All right. Well, did well, we miss the Panthers Texans? I thought we missed that too. Like we were flying <laughs> through this. No, we got to the Panthers Texans. You were just like, you were texting somebody. You were talking about reunions or something. I, I covered it very very nicely. Yes, so. exactly. I you I you, you completely <laughs> missed Alex doing his great coverage on that game. But whatever. Actually, you know what? Let, let's hold off on Coach of the Year, then. Let's go into offensive You made all the doggone stinking. Well, you know what? If you've got something to say, you got a good pick, you might as well go with it. It is not based off yesterday, but it's based off of, uh, you know, what he's quietly done all season. But Shaq Barrett has been playing out of his doggone mind. Like, Shaq Barrett is a guy that. See, that's why he wanted to do it. He didn't want to beat you to get that yeah. point. <laughs> but he's been playing. He's been balling out of control. And it's funny because I remember when he was coming out of of college at Colorado State and everybody on the, the all-star game circuit was talking about, well, I don't know, he's undersized, he's he's a tweener, is he an edge guy, he's an outside line. Bro, every time you watch him at Colorado State, he was getting to the quarterback. Then you see him during the all-star game circuit and he was like, normally, one-on-ones is must-see TV for the all-star games, uh, O-line, D-line, wide receivers and DBs, but and it's tilts toward more so the uh, offensive side of the ball because, uh, you know, wide receivers don't have a pass rush, so they could do all these mad bohemian routes and get open. And on the one-on-ones, it's usually catered toward the defense, but it was just something different about how Barrett was blowing these linemen up uh, with just straight power rushing and getting to the to the bag behind them. So I'm not surprised he, he uh, is doing so well. I was surprised how he got into the league because he was undervalued. But he's just been outstanding this year for Tampa Bay. I'm definitely surprised. I have Shaq Barrett as well. I mean, here's a guy who, if you're an average football fan, you probably don't know who he is right now. But he goes to Tampa Bay this year, and he's just lighting it up. Like, he has nine sacks already through four games. He had yeah. a clause in his contract where if he hit eight sacks, he hit he hit a bonus. And he has that through, <laughs> four, weeks. He has that through four weeks in the league at nine. And what's the record? 21 and a half from Strahan, right? Mm-hmm. He's on pace to shatter that right now if he can keep up this production. And we're talking defensive player of the year. If he shatters that... He could be in the running for MVP of the year if he set, if yeah. he breaks that record by a good number. Yeah, he might he might hit MVP. The as fact well. that we're talking about a defensive player from Tampa Bay, yeah. is shocking in itself. But he's been out, That's outstanding. A good point. Yeah, there's no really arguing Shaq Barrett right now. But no. just to throw another name out there, just from the first uh, quarter of the season he's had is Devin McCourty. He's got four yeah. interceptions yeah. through four games. And he's a big reason why the Patriots just keep going back on the field. He's leading that defense that's right now the top three defense in football. Him and Jamie Collins. He, Jamie Collins has yeah. three picks himself. I'm going to throw Blake Martinez out there, too. You talk about a Green Bay defense that's just been absolutely complete at this point through the first four games. And Martinez, I think, is one of those forgotten players. He's had over almost 150 tackles the last two years. Listen, Dave, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going. <laughs> Yeah, I know why you. I know credit Martinez, but we just we just watched Martinez. Just he had a bad game. He did have a rough game. I he will was say getting that. run over, and he was making these tackles seven yards down the field. But I, I get it. He he's he's. He's making a tackle, so I, I give you credit for that. Yeah. I would also toss out Miles Garrett too, who's been playing great. Garrett's had a nice if year. it wasn't for all those doggone dumb penalties, right. we can talk about him more because he's finally starting to show what people thought he w- he was coming into the league. But um, I, I want to say he has like the record or, or close to it for what personal fouls so far in yeah. this yeah. late hit. So this, he's been playing great, but he's got to get under control. And you got and of course you talk about a veteran guy, Mario Addison, five and a half sacks through four weeks. Where did he come from for Carolina? Yeah. He's been a nice piece for them. Shout out to uh, Burns too, the rookie uh, from Florida State, who's been a nice find for them too. Let's, all right, now let's move on to Coach of the Thank Year. <laughs> Talk about that because there have been some surprising teams this season. So who do you have for your coach at this point? Coach of the Year, I would probably give it to Jason Garrett. He's doing – he doesn't have a contract. Like, and so <laughs> yeah. he has to He has to coach. And the best coaching move, I don't know if he made the decision or he was encouraged to make the decision, but bringing in Kellen Moore and letting go Scott Linehan – has transformed this offense into yeah. a modern offense where mm-hmm. it looks really good and they look like a complete team. And Garrett has been doing a great job, uh, you know, in, in coaching for – he's like Dak Prescott. They're coaching and playing for a contract. I think that, that's a great point. What was I think it was last season that Jason Garrett gave up the reins of play calling mm-hmm. right before they got Amari. And then right. you've seen that offense explode midseason for the Cowboys. 
Yeah, so I would I would say Garrett is is uh, doing a good job in coaching this year. My coach of the year, I'm gonna have to go against something I said last week. Last week I said you have to fire sell the Detroit Lions, but with mm. this performance this mm. week against the Chiefs, I'm gonna have to go with Patricia. And if they can keep up what they're doing, it looks like they're definitely might have been a serious undefeated team. And if they can pull out more wins throughout the season, it's it's gonna have to go to Patricia. Right now, I mean, this is getting rid of the Belichick Reed type of uh, answer Obviously, here. right. So um, I got to go with Pete Carroll. I don't think anyone really expected much out of the Seahawks this year. And to be at 3-1 and one and look, like, just look much better than some of these, uh, those, these opponents. Like, this game against Arizona, a divisional game could have been a game where they let a team like Kyle, like an offense like Kyler Murray and such keep themselves in the game, and he handled it. And he's doing it without really a, a very good secondary at all. He's got Bobby Wagner, Jadavion Clowney, and that's really it on that defense. I know this is supposed to go to a head coach, but you just can't do it when you're not a complete team. So I'm going to go to the real head coach of the Chicago Bears, Chuck Pagano, <laughs> who has been outstanding. This I mean, you can't deny that this Chicago defense looks like a flashback from the past. I cannot give it right now to Matt Nagy. I'm sorry. They're just not doing anything on offense. But Chuck Pagano has got that defense fired up and playing well. Give him the coach of the year well, ahead of a head coach. Just to, just to build on your point, because it's tougher. <laughs> Think about it. This was um, – Who's the coach out there in Denver now? Uh, oh, uh, Fag- um, uh, Fangio. 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 This was his defense, and normally it was great. <laughs> it was great last year, and normally someone will come in and want to tinker with things and, and you know put their own spin on it, and they screw it all up. But Pagano has come in and kind of continued to drive the bus, and this has been a, a good job by him. So yeah, that's this. I mean, true. It, it, it's, it's hard to come in and, and you know not <laughs> mess things up. That's going really well because you see it all the time when coaches want to come in. Oh, I'm gonna. We got to change the culture here. We got to do this. We got to add this. We got to get better in this area. Like, bro, it, it was working. Like, don't yeah. screw it up. And he hasn't done that uh, this season. If so. I have to go with a head coach, I'd have to go with Matt Matt Lafleur though too from Green Bay. I think he's done a nice job with a team that I think a lot of people underrated as maybe you know this is the year they collapse. He's done a nice job there. Let's get on to our biggest surprise and biggest disappointment. Feel free to combine the two. I know, I know, Troy's got something. In, I, I can, I can smell the wood burning in his head. He's got some kind of thought. Why don't we, why don't we just go to Troy first? Right, biggest surprise slash disappointment. What do you got? Biggest surprise slash disappointment. I have to go with this Minnesota Vikings offense and Kirk oh, Cousins. How's that a surprise? Yeah, that's because, not a surprise. It's Kirk Cousins. Because last season you had Adam Thielen. Go nine straight games over 100 yards. Saquon Diggs, Saquon Diggs, Stephon Diggs still had a good season. The season before that, when they had Keenum, both of them went off. And for Kirk Cousins to come into the second year of his guaranteed contract and those receivers just be a non-issue, a non-threat pretty much on this offense, I think it was a little bit into the third quarter. He just hit 100 yards uh, passing yesterday, Cousins did. And just to take these the receiving threat pretty much completely out of the game. Granted, Diggs had 100 yards yesterday for the, the first time of the season. Yeah. But other than that, this, this offense should be electric, especially with Cook having the season that he's having so far. With Thielen and Diggs on the outside, it should be a no, this offense should be a top five, top three offense in the league right now. And with Cousins under center, it's simply not. Yeah, my biggest uh, my biggest surprise uh, <laughs> my biggest surprise is um, right now is the Cleveland Browns. Despite last week or this past week playing very well against the uh, the Baltimore Ravens, they just they just haven't looked like the Browns of last year. And you would yeah. think with Freddie Kitchens there that maybe they wouldn't. You know, we shouldn't be saying twelve and four, but they should be a team that just looks more complete offensively. And they look like they've taken a step back. Obviously, besides last week when they decided Nick Chubb has to be the center of this offense. Uh, my biggest disappointment, though, is the Atlanta Falcons. They've got star power all across the field. You got a defensive-minded head coach. You got a, a, a defense that has names on the defense. That a lot of players that played in the Super Bowl not too long ago, and they just look like a team that you can do whatever you want to. And uh, Matt Ryan's gonna—he's gonna have that second-half charge, but he's just not getting them in the end zone, which is unbelievable with the names that he has surrounding him. Yeah, my biggest surprise is San Francisco and how well they're playing. Yeah. Um, you know, the the injuries they had in the backfield, they found ways to, to be successful. Defensively, they're excellent. They've, they've done a great job with their front seven. And on the back end, they're making plays, turning the ball over. Jimmy Garoppolo is still fool's goal to me. 
Uh, but the defensive running game and the way they're playing, they're undefeated. You could look at that entire NFC West as a big surprise because people talked about this division as being not good outside of the Rams, but San Francisco, Seattle, and the Rams are all sitting at uh, three wins. Um, so shout out to the West. But my biggest disappointment is the Ravens' defense. And outside of the Miami Dolphins game, they had issues with Kansas City. They had issues with Arizona. I mean, Arizona got to the red zone four times. And, yes, the defense forced four field goals. That may be a combination of, you know, solid defense. But for what we know now is that air raid offense of, uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, they're ineffective inside the red zone. So the Cardinals, I thought, had their best game efficiency-wise against the Ravens. We saw with Nick Chubb did against the Baltimore Ravens it was and and not only just Nick Chubb but there were maybe two or three plays in that game where guys were running wide open down the field it's like yo it was one play in particular to Ricky Seals Jones the Ravens blitzed off the corner two guys blitzed off the corner after looking at the the guy that they were standing in front of uh, Ricky Seals Jones fly down the field and no one like okay let me abandon and obviously this is a bust so both guys blitzed He's wide open. Their defense, who who would have thought their defense would miss um, Jimmy Smith like they're doing because they look yeah. like they can't do anything, you know, and they don't look like they have speed. Kansas City exposed that, and we saw Cleveland, you know, with their speed sort of. I mean, Earl Thomas said he didn't want to pull his hamstring and chasing Nick Chubb on that long touchdown run. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty, but goodness. You don't say that. Exactly. I mean, but it just speaks to how – lack of how, how lack how much lack of speed they have right now so i'm disappointed in the ravens defense because you would have thought obviously we we knew they lost a lot and yeah. they were you know people were saying yeah they're going to be bad on defense but then you know yeah. you see week one like, okay they still 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 the same ravens defense but they haven't looked as good as we've seen them uh you know years previous i mean I, what's what's the bart scott line can't stop a nosebleed something like that right can't stop a nosebleed can't right. stop a nosebleed that's basically what they are my biggest disappointment has been the miami dolphins and obviously we knew they weren't going to be good i didn't expect them to quit it's week four and i feel like they've already quit as a team and, and obviously there's a lot of players in there that have a lot of pride but th- this whole franchise just seems to be tanking collectively now my biggest positive surprise though has been the jaguars offense under gardner Minshew. They've actually opened things up with him in there. Leonard Fournette is having a great season. He's averaging 5.6 yards of carry uh, so far this season. He's coming back to form. DJ Clark has gotten some nice looks as well as Chris Conley. So this Jacksonville offense has been a pleasant surprise. I wasn't expecting that from them. Speaking of coming back, right now we're going into week five, which means all the players that had four-game suspensions are coming back. And for some of these guys, they're going to be a huge huge positive impact on their teams let's go through them now there's a couple of names here uh taylor lewin the offensive tackle of tennessee golden tate comes back for the giants uh ben watson for new england and uh antonio callaway for cleveland and then a couple of defensive players too morris claiborne's back for kansas city ryan smith for the bucks nevin lawson for oakland who do you think of these guys do you think is going to have the biggest impact in you know stepping up their team that a couple of these teams are already doing well. They may not even need them, but it's going to just add to the fire. I think the obvious one would be, I mean, there's two. There's a bunch of obvious ones. <laughs> but two, to me, would be Taylor Lewan because their offensive line has been atrocious. Uh, so getting him back is key for Tennessee. And Golden Tate, obviously coming back for the Giants uh, receiving core, are two of the bigger ones that they can't wait for next week to start because they get those two guys back. Yeah, that Golden Tate one is huge just to add another threat for Daniel Jones because, I mean, you got Latimer or Slayton right now as his number three because I would, I would definitely throw Ingram as a, as his number one, two behind Shepard. But Go- Golden Tate is going to be huge. But Ben Watson for Brady, just adding, adding another target. We know yeah. that uh, Edelman played last week with the chest injury, but it gives, it gives Brady another check down pretty much, another out. Uh, we've seen that offense stutter a little bit, especially last weekend, without having that good tight end that he's used to in Gronk. So Ben Watson coming back, I think, is definitely going to be huge, and especially for fantasy. For those of you out there who play fantasy football, Brady having a, a valuable tight end, if Ben Watson's on the waiver wire, you might want to pick him up. Yeah, I definitely agree with all those guys, especially Terrell Luan. I think with how bad yeah. uh, the Titans offensive line, he's definitely in, uh, is needed. But uh, a guy that I think – could really help um, that's on this list is Morris Claiborne. Yeah. Uh, he's not 
like he's not the first round pick we thought he was, but he's still a very, very solid corner. And you have a team in the Chiefs that they just need to get off the field and get the ball into Patrick Mahomes' hand. And, uh, and because of guys like Claiborne that aren't on the field for the Chiefs' defense, is the reason why that uh, he's going to uh, Mahomes is going to be in more shootouts. I, I I think all of those are good points. I think Golden Tate's going to be a big one now that Daniel Jones has taken the reins and he's actually looked decent in the first couple of games, you get him another nice target in Golden Tate. That's going to be huge for him. Um, I think Ryan Smith is a big one for the Bucks, though. If the Bucks' offense can produce like they had, like they did last week, which it may be a one-off. We'll find that out. But defensively, they have to stop somebody. If that's what the offense can do, the defense has to do the same thing. So if you can get a guy like Ryan Smith in there at cornerback, that's going to be critical for the Bucks to keep that momentum going. That, that's the biggest one for me. And the Browns are, are again, you get Antonio Callaway back. Uh, at some point, you're going to get Higgins back. You're going to get uh, Kareem Hunt back. So what we saw last week from them against Baltimore is what we ex- probably expected to see all season, offensively speaking. Yeah. And so they're getting key offensive players back. Maybe that can be what they needed to, to get done. Um, but they still have to do a lot more work, I think, along the offensive line. Is that too many chefs in the kitchen, though, for Cleveland once you get all, all these guys back? Not at all, because we've seen, we've seen this before, man. Um, you know, I wrote an article on The Athletic in the summer detailing teams that are built like the Browns uh, from a skills perspective, yeah. and all those teams have produced. You're talking about the 88 Bengals. Uh, you're talking about the 94 49ers. You're talking about the 90 Raiders. All of these teams have had – this collection of talent, the Rams of the greatest show on turf era. Yeah. And they've been able to produce. So if you have talent and you, you know, the right play calls are, are, are you calling the plays like you're supposed to, everyone can get involved. All right, folks, that'll do it for the, the uh, biggest re- returning impacts again, though you want fantasy impact. And if you want some best bets, by the way, the two gentlemen across from me, Troy and Alex, I've certainly gotten. You know, how did it go this past week, though? Because obviously this was a weird week for you guys, so that, nothing really, nothing really works out. I would yeah. say our fantasy picks have been on point yeah, pretty much fantasy all ones season. Have been good. Yeah. Good. The the best bets this week was a little bit off because <laughs> I mean this this week in the NFL was definitely off. This week was weird. Yeah. This week was just flat out weird. Oh, by the way, Stephen A. Smith is uh, dogging the Cowboys already for yeah. uh, losing to New Orleans. So and Vontaze Perfect has been suspended for the year. Oh, it's been a, so that it's is been official. official. That is official. So I, I think we all kind of saw that coming, but uh, we'll certainly keep an eye on that situation. We'll see if he even – I mean, there's some people in the media calling for him to be banned for life. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Hot take. It's a you know, it's a very hot take, and it's generation. Man. It's it's from a it's from a certain show on a certain network. We will not mention because we do not want to get in trouble here. Anyway, let's get into the week five preview now. Let's get into all of these games, and we'll start with the game coming up on Thursday. The surprising Seahawks at three and one taking on the Rams, coming off that stu- stinging loss last week. They're also three and one. This is actually going to be a really good ball game on Thursday night. What's one thing everybody around the table that we're looking for in this one? Uh, I want to see if the Seahawks defense can continue to turn, uh, get golf to turn the ball over. Uh, the running game isn't there for the Rams right now, so if Seahawks defense can step up, they can take this game. I think that this, once again, the Seahawks defense in this Rams match offense is going to be the matchup of the game. Um, we've seen their running game stutter multiple times this year. I'm one of the notion that I don't believe golf is the truth. I believe he's a system of that. Uh, um, offense that by uh, McAvey. Um, Sean McVay. Yeah, Sean McVay. Uh, I think that the Seahawks can definitely pull this one out, especially if they get to go. I want to see Rashad Penny get out there and get healthy. Yeah, Carson ran for over 100 yards last week, but it's four point something yards to carry. I still believe they're starting to run tailback, but if Penny is healthy, I want to see him get the carries to prove that he was the dude like he was at, at uh, San Diego State. Lots of questions in this next matchup. We're getting to Sunday's games and the 1 o'clock games. Panthers taking on the Jaguars. Neither team has really been consistent. Jaguars, obviously, with a new quarterback coming in. The Panthers have, you know, still looking for answers, still looking for a healthy Cam Newton. What are we watching for in this ballgame? It's going to be a battle of the rookie of the two young quarterbacks here. I mean, yeah. you got Minshew and Allen. Which one is going to show up to play? Both of them looked good in their first two matchups, but – you also have good defenses on both sides of the field here between the Panthers and the Jaguars. Who's going to step up more? I look at Minshew and, you know, I thought he played okay against Denver, 
but he played well when they needed him the most. Allen, I thought, didn't have a good game. Statistically, yep. it looks well, but he turned the ball over three times. I had those fumbles. Uh, so I want to see Jacksonville's offense continue to, to grow because we could see a situation where Minshew may be what they have been looking for at that position. For me, the key here is obviously stop uh, that running back over there for the Panthers. Um, McCaffrey has been doing everything for Carolina. Uh, if the Jaguars can bottle him up, they should be able to handle this game. But if they let him run wild, they could just the Carolina could sneak another one. Paul Brown Stadium, it will be the setting for this next game. Quite possibly two teams still looking for a first win, depending on how Monday night goes. Bengals taking on the Cardinals. Someone has to make an adjustment for these teams. Will we see A.J. Green? Uh, you know, he's not going to play against Pittsburgh, and, you know, we don't know if he's going to play next week or this upcoming week against the Cardinals. So will he play what they, what they plan to do in, in, you know, in absence once again? But they really need their big-time playmaker out there, receiver. Which one of these defenses are going to step up? Because both of them has been suspect so far this whole season. Or which one of these quarterbacks are going to get the job done? We've seen Kyler Murray come on in the second half and put up yards. We've seen the same out of Andy Dalton. So which team is actually going to get it done? There's a big chance for Kyler Murray to bounce back from a rough week last week and to get this offense to move down the field uh, against a Bengals team, a Bengals defense that really hasn't shown much this year. Texans looking to recover from a tough loss last week. They take on the Atlanta Falcons, who are still looking for answers, and it's not going to get any easier for Atlanta against a really good Houston defense. But you don't know what you're going to get from this Houston offense. They're going to play know. down again. Like This is what right. they always it's, do. Again, they play the same game every week, and so we'll see what's going to happen <laughs> with Atlanta. I think this one might end up being one of those games like we saw against Detroit in Kansas City. It may be a shootout. It could also be a giant uh, Saints-Cowboys game. I, I don't know what to expect, but I know it's going to be wild. Yeah, you have I, – I believe that the Houston's – Texans defense is the better defense of this game but you have two offenses that are pretty much the same you have talent across the board on both offenses but neither offense can really run the ball they don't have a dynamic threat at the running back position I think Houston is playing the wrong tailback yes they're like they're not using the right running back it's a 100% it's classic situation of mismanagement of personnel yeah, I, and these offenses, it's all about finishing the drives. These offenses can rack up all the yards, but there's a lot of times where they just don't finish and get the ball into the end zone. Um, and just to piggyback off that, Duke Johnson needs to be more involved, and you might need to involve Edo Smith a little bit more too in this Falcons offense. Let's move on to the next one now, the Superdome. Bridgewater didn't look overly great in the last game for the Saints, but against a tough uh, Cowboys defense. Now he gets the wide-open Tampa Bay Buccaneers off defense on this next one. How do we see this game going in the Superdome? This is the game. This is a game here where this could be an ultimate uh, down game after a big week for the Buccaneers. They gotta. Yeah. They gotta do. They have to do everything they can to avoid that and play another good four quarters of good football. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, this team is so talented they should be able to handle this game. But that's that relies on him and the effectiveness of Alvin Kamara on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, which Bucks team are you going to get here? Are you going to get the team who got trashed by the Niners week one, or you got the team who just trashed one of the Super Bowl contenders for the NFC? Uh, Bridge, like you said, Bridgewater didn't really have a good game, but he's a guy who can turn it around. We know he's a quality NFL starter in this league, but the Saints defense played the Cowboys very well, and I look for them to continue that against the Bucks. Quietly, Eli Apple has been exactly what the Saints needed at corner. Yeah. He's been taking away the team's number two receiver quietly. And I just think you want to look for something in this ballgame to watch. Saints receivers have to do a better job of getting separation. Right now, they are not separating from these defensive backs, which is partly the reason why Teddy is holding the ball and why they're just constantly going short to uh, Kamara and also Michael Thomas. They, they have to do something better in the passing game. Let's go on to the Meadowlands. First really good defense the Giants and Daniel Jones will face this year. The Vikings coming to town. A very frustrated Adam Thielen last week saying at, after the game, at some point you just have to be able to throw the ball. Will they actually do it and will they find him? Well, Kirk Cousins will do his part to make sure that both teams stay in the ball game. So, <laughs> the issue I worry He's gonna about. He's going to break down the door one of these days for some, one of these shows. He's just going to snap. Here's the thing, though. When you look at what the Vikings do well, they play great defense. The Redskins did some things last week that was impressive as far as uh, showing a lot more zone. Daniel Jones struggled versus zone, hence the two interceptions. He was seeing stuff late, couldn't figure out what his zone was. Now he's going to have to deal with that in conjunction with pressure. And so 
defensively, Minnesota is going to make this thing interesting. But, you know, we don't know what we're going to get from the Vikings offense. Yeah, but we also don't know what we're going to get from that Giants offense. They had a good game last week, but they've shown that they allow defenders to get to the quarterback. And we know that this Vikings front seven is very good. So what will Jones be able to do? I don't know. But I all the mess that I was talking about, Cousins, during this show, <laughs> uh. he's going up against that Giants secondary with Diggs and Thielen. If Cousins can't get it done this game, they need to find another quarterback. Yeah, this is the ultimate bounce-back game for Minnesota. They don't uh, play well on the road the last couple of years, but this is a game that they need to get. You can't let a team like the Giants stay in this game. I mean, there's a certain veteran on a team that they're going to be playing in the near future that's now on the bench. That um, <laughs> hmm, A little uh, little trade bait, maybe? I don't uh, think he would help in this situation. <laughs> either. Like, there's a reason why he's sitting out there on the bench collecting dust, you know? <laughs> Folks, before we came on the air here, uh, Emery was giving me a little shtick because I am also a soccer fan that, you know, you, nobody will be interested in soccer on the show. Well, you know what? You're not going to deny me my football reference because from Tottenham, England, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London is our next game. <laughs> the Raiders taking on the Bears. By the way, a brand new stadium. They're not going to have the problems apparently that they had at Wembley Stadium uh, in the past years for the UK NFL games. They have a completely separate field for the NFL that they have retractable at the stadium, so that hopefully will not be an issue. However, that may not have helped the issues of the Chicago offense taking on the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, it's funny because just how we always joke about the Texans and Chargers playing the same game, all these London games look wet, damp, rainy, sloppy, and I don't care. Whatever the stadium is, they could play it right underneath Big Ben. It's still going to look sloppy, <laughs> you know, slippery and wet. Uh, that won't help, I don't think. Um, either offense, but defensively, we'll see what Oakland can do without Vontez Perfect. Yeah, like you said, all these games look the same. And one thing about London, I think when you throw London into the equation, that's like the, one of the big equalizers in NFL games because no London games are really blowouts at that point. Yeah. And I know that this Bears defense is amazing. The Raiders defense has been playing better. But I think that the Raiders defense could do work against Chase Daniels or Trubisky. We don't know who the starter is going right. to be yet. And this, this is going to be a tight game. Yeah, but the, that element of London does make it so interesting for this game. Um, at home, this would be a much different prediction. But you don't know what's coming up. What I like to see is what Khalil Mack does returning, uh, playing against the Raiders. Uh, I want to see if, he wants, if he's going to have a big game in this one. We'll move on to the next one here. It only goes from bad to worse for the New York Jets. They are, are winless, and now they go to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. We don't know the quarterback situation here either, though. Sam Darnold, they're going to do scans on his spleen to see if it is still enlarged from the mononucleocus. Mononucleocus. Yeah. Mono. Mono. <laughs> yeah, we'll stick with mono that he contracted after week one. He may start this week. This was the earliest on the timetable that he could start. He wants to play. Hasn't really done too much physical activity, though, so I would tend to doubt it. But we'll see what happens here against the Eagles. The offensive line of the Jets is the biggest story to me. It's like they have the worst matchup possible uh, yeah. this week, maybe outside of Tennessee going up against Buffalo as far as defense versus that offensive line. But the Jets' offensive line against that Eagles' defensive front is what I'll be keeping an eye on. I'll be keeping an eye on these Eagles' wide receivers. They get they had got Alshon Jeffrey back last week, but he he definitely still looked hobbled against Green Bay. Did enough to get the W though against Green against the Packers. Will they be able to do the same against the Jets? I think that Darnold should come back this week. Um, they gave this week as the time frame pretty much, and yeah, the secondary versus the Eagles uh, wide receivers is going to be the matchup. Uh, with or without Darnold, uh, what I'm looking to see after a bye week and the Eagles play a tough game. Uh, on the road in Green Bay, I'm looking for Adam Gase to get creative. He had he has over a week to prepare for this. Uh, no matter who the quarterback is, you need to find ways to make your offense work. Greg Williams has stepped up with his defense. Now, Albright, they've given up some points, but it's come late in games. Um, he's been doing his part to keep the game, keep it a game. This offense needs to pro uh, to provide something. No love lost in this next one at Heinz Field. Ravens at Steelers. Two teams that are really looking to just continue to get consistency. The Ravens have looked good, except for last week. The Steelers have not looked good at all. Again, we don't know what they're going to do tonight against the Bengals. But this is always a, a drag-out slugfest that we always see between these two. What are we expecting to see? You say drag-out slugfest like both got defenses. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Might here goes the bus. And pillow rah. fight of the week. But now, <laughs> defensively, you want to see which team can, can get back on track, you know, and 
Both teams historically have been known for their great defenses. Baltimore is struggling right now defensively. Pittsburgh struggling right now defensively. So we'll see which defense shows up. I'm looking for Lamar Jackson to air it out this game against that struggling Pittsburgh defense. Uh, Marquise Brown has did very well the first two games of the season. The last two, he didn't struggle, but he definitely didn't put up as many as much numbers as he did week one and week two. But this game, I can see uh, Lamar Lamar Jackson going off. Yeah, Pittsburgh at home, uh, a team in the Ravens defense who were just saying that allowed Chubb to go 165 and three touchdowns. Mm. This is a game where James Conner, albeit how he comes out of Monday night tonight, um, if he's healthy, can really get on the map here and uh, help this offense and help Mason Rudolph. A tough test for the Titans offense next as they welcome the Bills to Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Obviously, the Titans have looked good at times this season, not so good at other times, but this Bills defense will be the biggest test they face this season. And who's going to be quarterback for Buffalo is going to be what yeah. to watch for. Will it be Matt Barkley? Will it be Josh Allen? What we do know is that Tennessee is glad they get back Taylor Lewan. Most definitely. I mean, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be, but regardless, this is going to be a defensive game because this Titans defense is no slouch. So whether the Bills hold, lock down the Titans offense, it's going to be returned as well. So which quarterback is going to get it done from either side of the ball? Titans are very underrated defense. I don't think a lot of people are giving them credit. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And um, it, it's really on me. It's with the built uh, quarterback situation. If uh, Matt Barkley's in there, uh, not really much to expect here from the Buffalo. This could be a really, really low-scoring game. Talk about another game that might not be uh, might be over at halftime. The Patriots now going to the nation's capital to take on the Redskins. The question is, does Dwayne Haskins get the start for Washington? The quarterback questions are all over this league between injuries and benchings. Washington has to try something, though, don't they? Who's playing running back? Um, just judging by what I saw against the Giants, they struggle running the football. Uh, Adrian Peterson, Chris Thompson, you know, talking to some insiders uh, that cover the Redskins, they really love Bryce Love, but he's more of a 2020 guy. Um, they, they can't wait to get him back out there. They want it to be Love and Geis, but Geis can't stay healthy. Love is coming off an injury himself. Right now they're ineffective running the football. And we don't know if it's going to be, you know, you talk about the quarterback position. Will Jay Gruden still be there by this by the time this game kicks off? So they got coaching questions, quarterback questions. There's a lot of questions right now in D.C. Yeah, I was going to touch on the coaching issue. I don't know if Jay Gruden will be there. Uh, whether he is there or not, I know that Schneider wants it to be Haskins, mm-hmm. you know. And if Jay Gruden goes somewhere else and he does last this week, will he last the next week? I don't know. But this, this, uh, this game will probably be over by halftime. Normally I'm in favor of letting the young quarterback play, but in this situation when you have a young quarterback that has no threat on the offensive side of the ball and you're going up against Bill Belichick and the way this defense has been playing, <laughs> I think all you're doing is asking for him to get hurt and just mentally beat up, let alone physically. I think this is a game where you throw out Case Keenum and just say, go ahead, veteran, figure it out, and then work from there with Haskins. Only two 4 o'clock games actually this week, one on CBS, one on Fox. The CBS game, Broncos taking on the Chargers. Chargers have, again, they just do what they always do. They're consistent. They always get a good win. Broncos haven't been able to do anything this season with Joe Flacco. Well, think about how the Chargers play, and think about how the Broncos have lost leads in you know, two of the four games they played. Yep. This game is going down to the last possession, clearly, because of who is in this ball game? So expect a fun, exciting game between these two. Definitely agree with that one. I mean, we we've said it last week, and I opened it up when I covered the Chargers earlier that they always play down to their team, whoever they're playing. They didn't do it last week against Miami. They're gonna do it this week. They started the to do it early yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Miami did well in the first half, and then Chargers ran away with it. But they're gonna do it this week against the Broncos, and I can definitely see this being a game that the Broncos could could bring home with that defense coming alive. And I expect Von Miller and Chubb to get to Philip Rivers in this game. Dolphins on a bye, by the way, this week, along with the Detroit Lions, those are the two bye teams this week. But let's talk about what are the Broncos and Chargers. What's the X factor you think for these teams? Uh, the X factor for these teams definitely is going to be the running game. Um, I think if you get Phil Lindsay involved and keep the pressure off Joe Flacco, they'll have a good chance to keep uh, to to move the ball and keep Phil Rivers in this offense off the field. Um, but I, I agree. I think this game is going to come down to the end. I mean, it's like 
the identical teams are playing each other right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I was just thinking. Well, it's look, the Spider-Man look, meme. I was about to say that, the Spider-Man <laughs> meme. I was like, they're just two of them just pointing at each other. <laughs> the question is, will how much burn will Gordon get in this game? Yeah, it's big will he be a, defi- a deciding factor or will he be limited? Let's move on to the other 4 o'clock game. And this might be the game of the weekend. The Packers taking on the Cowboys. Two teams both at 3-1. and one. The Packers looked good last week. The Cowboys did not. What are we expecting at AT&T Stadium? Hopefully for Green Bay, a running game. And, you know, they, yeah. They're probably going to be without Jamal Williams this week. Um, but can they stay committed to run the football? And they may be without Devontae Adams, who surprisingly played his best game. And he went for 180 yards. And it was those 20 yards at the end that they could have used, but he was hurt. So we don't know if he's going to be back and whether or not they're going to be able to stop. But they got your MVP candidate, Blake Martinez, uh, (laughs) (laughs) tasked with trying to stop the run. So we'll see. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one for the Packers, especially if they don't have Devontae Adams, because this Cowboys defense is good. We've been saying it the entire time. And this Packers offense has struggled so far this season. They just can't consistently keep drives alive it seemed and on the other side of the ball that Packers defense struggled last week against the Eagles and I think that this Cowboys offense is definitely better than that Eagles offense now Packers defense was lights out pretty much for the first three weeks and they had a hiccup last weekend well so will they bounce back coming into this game yeah, uh, well, for everyone, for all the both of these teams, I mean, um, the, it's a big game for Dallas and to bounce back and at home take care of a team like the Packers, who have historically have dominated the Cowboys. Um, yeah. uh, going forward with Aaron Rodgers, so uh, this is a big game for Prescott and for the running game for Zeke to get going and to really keep Rodgers off the field. Let's go on to the Sunday night game, and this is an intriguing one: the Chiefs taking on the Colts. Obviously, it's looked easy for Kansas City so far this season, and especially at Arrowhead, they are very, very strong. But the Colts, again, much better than what the experts thought. Not around this table, obviously. We all thought they were going to be okay. But this could be an interesting matchup between Brissett. Well, suburban Jameis Winston and Jacoby Brissett <laughs> has... He didn't have his, a best game, his best game last week, but he played well. Um, but I don't know if... The, it's going to be interesting to see you know, which defense shows up. If yeah. the Colts' defense plays like we know they can play, it's a great strength versus strength. Their defense versus Casey's offense. So I'll be interested to see what they do offensively uh, because quietly their running game has cooled off. It's going to be exciting to see the Casey in their first primetime game of the season. You know, when you, when you don't really see their whole game and then you look at the stat line, it's like, oh, the Chiefs went off. They're so electric, this, that, and the other. But when you delve a little bit further into the box score and noticing where their touchdowns come from and everything else, you realize maybe this KC team can be stopped. I mean, the Raiders held them scoreless for three quarters. The Detroit almost beat them last week. The week before that, they were um, held in check for the second half by the Ravens. So, And we know that this Colts defense is young and can be electric. Can they get it done in the prime time, though? Yeah, this is the best defense that Mahomes and this offense is going to have to see so far this season. So look for that to be big. And look for T.Y. Hilton uh, hopefully getting healthy to come back for this game because it's going to be really tough. And I think that's why Brissett struggled a little bit last week without having his number one receiver. So if Hilton can come back into this game, this could be this could come down to the end. And one last game to talk about the Monday night game next week at Levi's Stadium. This could be a fun one. Cleveland taking on the 49ers. Cleveland finally got their offense to start to click last week. The 49ers' defense, though, has been easily the biggest surprise of the 2019 season so far. This is going to be a really tight ball game. Strength versus strength. Their offense versus uh, the 49ers' defense. And quietly, Cleveland's defense versus what I think is a very hollow Jimmy Garoppolo as far as like his production. So we'll learn a lot more about Garoppolo and we'll see if this offense for Cleveland can get back to what we expected it to be, a 30-points-a-game offense. Yeah, I mean, Cleveland is 1-3. We know that. Mm-hmm. But we know all the firepower that they have in that offense. And for the Niners, this is their first real test. They've gone up against the Bucks, the Bengals, and the Steelers. So, yes, they're undefeated, but knowing those appoint- opponents, what does it really say? And they actually could have lost all three of those yeah, games. They could have. They could have. Now, this Niners defense is, quote-unquote, their strength point right now. But this Browns offense is, should be on another level. So this is the first real test, and we're going to be able to see if the Niners are for real or not. If the 49ers could take away the run and not let Chubb impact this game and keep uh, Baker throwing the ball 40 times a game, 
Baker receive when there's pressure, he doesn't like the pocket too much. He gets happy feet, and he tries to outrun everybody around the edge. If 49ers can continue to do that um, to this Browns offense, you might see the offense for the Browns take a step back. We'll certainly keep an eye on all of those games. And again, folks, that'll do it for the podcast here. But if you want to continue and see more of our predictions from myself and Emery, you can watch the NFL All-32 TV show that is on the Game Plus Network on Optum here in the New York metropolitan area. You can also listen to any of our previous podcasts on SoundCloud or iTunes. Don't just check out Football Game Plan in the podcast section. And, of course, go to footballgameplan.com for all of your football knowledge from the pros to college and beyond. Emery, you got anything else you want to add to the, before we sign off here? Go, go, offense, footballgameplan.com slash go, go, offense. Pick up your book today and uh, check out the new innovative offense that's tearing up the college football fields and um, lighting up scoreboards, all that good stuff. Footballgameplan.com slash go, go, offense. William & Mary's offense coordinator, Brendan Marion, has done a great job with this book. Will that be the next offense to find its way to the NFL? It should. Will, will Especially we? if you have, like, the Browns, Ravens, Jets personnel. Uh, we did a video on it, and he put that offense to the test with those guys that, you know, that are on those teams. And it's creative because we saw what it did at Howard. We're seeing what it's doing now with a lot of freshmen at William & Mary. So if he was able to get the opportunity to go into the NFL, I knew his offense would do a lot better than what we see Cliff Kingsbury's offense doing because his oh. offense is at least predicated on the run game first. Pew, pew. And the shots are fired from beginning to end. And that's what you can expect here on here at Football Game Land Podcast TV. We've got it all. Again, folks, thanks for listening. For myself, Troy Anthony, Alex Marinoni, and the czar of the playbook, Emery Hunt, we will see you next week. Good luck in week five.